This is holding down the fort. Welcome back, everybody. This is another episode of Holding Down the Fort. I am your host, Jimbo Fort. Today, we are pleasured to be joined by Alexander the Gator Johnson. Alex, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> um, we're, like I said, really happy to have you on. Um, you've been going through a lot of stuff over the past uh, nine months or so, but um all came to a head yesterday. Actually, we talked on the phone for a little bit. Um, good bullpen back. Give us a little, uh, a little, uh, info inside information about how, uh, it felt to be back number one and two, um, you know, what kind of the, what those numbers look like. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm getting back to, you know, getting back to being healthy and, uh, I've been building up in my bullpens, trying to get the intensity back to game speed. Um, yesterday I threw a two sides of 15. Um, I ended up throwing 97, you know, during the bullpen with the, with the batter in the box. Wow. Um, so bat batters in the box on that too? Batters in the box. Yeah. So basically, well, we call him a little dummy cause it's a, it's a guy, but he's like, he just, um, basically he just stands in. And so we just like try to get, get a feel for what it's going to be like for the next week. Cause, um, next Saturday I have a, my first live since surgery. So I'm just, I'm just really just trying to keep my head on straight and, you know, focus on the, the positives, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, 97 in a, <laughs> uh, a bullpen like that is, uh, yeah. is definitely, definitely a positive, right? Right. Right. Yeah. It's definitely a perk, you know, it makes you feel good, especially, you know, again, everybody's reaction from it, you know, cause like normally I don't, I'm not sure if I'm like good enough, you know, cause you know, you're still learning every step of the way. And you're also like learning a new, um, new ways to push yourself because like in a bullpen you don't really have a lot of uh on aggression or intensity like you don't feel like you're saying but it's like you just got to be able to turn it on and turn it off when you need to absolutely and i know that um you know we've obviously kind of trained together a, a decent yeah. amount in the past and um you know some of those days where we don't feel our best you know, all of a sudden the numbers jump off the scale, you know, like we prepare right. the same and everything's going the same. We're like, ah, something just not quite as good about some of the other days. And then some of those days you're like, oh boy, today's going to be going to be a real good one. Right. And you're just right. like, yeah. Whoop. <laughs> so, um, you know, preparation wise, you've been on a long road since a, um, you know, a pretty, pretty big surgery. Will you, uh, walk us all the way back to the day you're coming out in that van where you post the picture with your homie who got the same thing done, um, all the way, all the way up to, you know, 97, um, a, a couple days ago. Right. So, um, back last year, um, after I broke with a team in Florida, I ended up having a little problems where, um, my velo and my arm just wasn't, wasn't the same. Um, you know, I was throwing, you know, 96 in games, but then my last pitch in the game before I had to go under the knife was 88 miles per hour. Um, at that point, everybody knew like, yeah, there's something wrong. Um, <clears throat> ended up going under the knife in June, um, had an ulnar transposition. So basically during my outing, I lost sensation in my pinky and ring finger in my right hand. Um, and after the surgery, um, it was definitely a battle trying to, you know, try to get used to what will feel normal. Um, I definitely will say that every day that goes past is one day closer to even feeling back to like, back to before even the surgery in a sense. Um, you know, sometimes I still have a little discomfort, but then it just, it just teaches me, um, Learn your body, you know, that's, that's your, that's your best chance at life. Any, and anything you do is like, when you understand yourself, then you got also, you know, kick back, you know, some information to others that have the same, same problems. Um, like I've, I've been blessed enough to even talk to big leaguers who had the same surgery as me and what their standpoint was and how long they took to get back. And also like how they felt 
you know, like some guys say, oh, eventually you're going to have like a pop in your arm and it's just going to be the best sensation you ever felt, but it's going to scare you at one point. But like when you have that pop, you're like your pain just goes away. And I feel like, you know, when you when you understand other people's perspective on that, it's just it's just uh, it's like a comfort zone for you in a sense. Absolutely, man. And like, you know, you're like you said, you you count the positives um, all all the time because, uh, you know, the, of the position you're in. But like you are surrounded by high quality resources from your strength coaches to your trainers, to the team doctors, to just people who have gone through it before. Um, you know, can kind of say, Hey, this is what worked for me. And I, I've always noticed out of, you know, the, the big league guys are like the guys who have done it for a long time at a high level, you know, they're almost always their, you know, opinion, or when they come to you with their perspective, they say, Hey, for me, this is how it went. Right. There are very few, like, experts in anything they're not in there like oh this is how everything goes but like like you said some guys are hey like this pop is coming or like this is gonna happen right and like it's not always the same for everybody so full circle comes back to you you know you made a great point when you said even when we have this discomfort still all the way post-surgery even when we're back to a hundred percent it really makes you learn your body and some of our other minor league guests that we've talked to so far couple of the former big leaguers who we've talked to so far a lot of the stuff that the former big leaguers say you guys have as an advantage in this day and age is the ability to know your body better right our strength coaches our trainers like there's such a better knowledge of how you exactly need a two inch plate under your deadlift because you're how tall you are. Right. Or right, yeah. you'd rather do deficit on this day because you know, your uh, torso, you know, your torso rotation numbers are a little slow. Like, I think it's just so cool that, you know, we can provide you with more information. However, there's nothing like knowing your own body, right? It allows right. you to go out there and maybe with your C game and on those days where you're not feeling your best, still pitch your ass off. And then 96 last fastball yeah. versus like you said, there was something wrong when it was 88 the whole way through. So right. knowing your body is a great point. And I think um, we're going to dial the clock back a little bit here, knowing your body 13, 14 year old Alexander, the Gator Johnson, where yeah. does Gator come from and walk me through a little bit of this body transformation that, uh, that we went through as a, uh, a young teen adult and into a, uh, the professional rock that we are now. Yeah, I got you. Um, so basically I've, I've had the nickname ever since I was a toddler, like, so I, I was a bad kid, honestly, I wasn't <laughs> I was the best kid, but, um, I definitely, I definitely had, um, I was very competitive, uh, and to where like the, the competitiveness pretty much took over my life to where, like, even if, even if we're on the same team, like I just, I expect more, but not, not in a way of I'm downplaying or talking, you know, disrespectful. It's just more like, like what I learned, I want you to learn also in every step of the way. Cause like at the end of the day, you're a team, there's no I in team. It's such, you know, aside from the A, but, um, <laughs> but when you, when you, um, when you're, when you're moving with a team or say you have a friend on, on a team and you guys, you guys play with your pros and cons, like you're, you're learning each other, you know, um, you always have, you always need someone that understands your path but then you guys could piggyback off each other. Um, so when I got my nickname, uh, I was, I used to scratch people, you know, it just, it just was a good, good thing to where my mom just had to put me in sports. So uh, every season, you know, there's different seasons, especially in Buffalo. Um, she would just throw me in different sports, football, hockey, baseball, basketball. I ended up pulling my groin when I was a kid in basketball because I wanted to shoot the big boy basketballs instead of the girl basketballs. Cause I was like, you know, I was just hard headed in a sense. <laughs> um, we'll call it competitive, right? right everybody, right. you know, everybody yeah. should should have a little bit of this competitive edge that you're talking about. Right. Yeah. So honestly, um, it's crazy because I, I used to I used to I mean I still do, 
you know, but when I was a kid, I was really good at basketball to where the only reason I played baseball was to give my growing some time to like recover in a sense, because when I really should have heavy basketball, it just, it would just hurt me at the end of the day. Um, but I also learned, um, father figures. So when I was nine, I ended up uh, losing my father to cancer, uh, prostate cancer. Um, and during that time, I didn't really have a good understanding of what I did lose. Um, even, even now, like, it just, it, it's like, um, I'm still speechless. Like, it's just, I just, no, there's, there's gotta yeah. be, you just, you just, sometimes you ask questions yeah, um, but, to yourself that you'd ask to your, to your dad. Right. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I talked to my dad on my on my drive home today, man. And that's um, you know, that's something that's that that you have there sometimes, right? But right. uh mom, right? Mom has has been there and she has yeah. good memories of uh of dad and can tell right. you a little bit a little bit more about yeah. what he's what he's like, <laughs> right? And right. um what I'd say is is utilize that that family aspect to you know, um, finding more out when you, when you do have questions, when you, uh, when you don't know who to ask, you know, it sounds like, uh, you know, the folks that you're staying with, you got a, uh, a good father figure in the house who's there as, as well. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, they, yeah, did his, uh, did his daughter pitch today, by the way? Uh, she didn't pitch today, but she pitched yesterday. Um, she was pretty upset that she didn't pitch today. Syracuse. Um, I don't think they, uh, I don't know. I don't think they understand their players good enough. Personally, well, listen, they gotta. You know, it sounds like starters are in trouble. Maybe uh, we'll be flipping <laughs> roles here, here kind of soon. Right. So, um, we were uh, we were rolling into why you even played baseball in the first place was to, you know, recover from a basketball injury. So, how right. did we stumble into baseball here? So basically, my uh, my brother my brother played at Shoshone Park. And that's where I played until I was about, I think, I want to say 14, 15. Um, but I played, I show Sean, I always played up. Um, that's my biggest adjustment. It's like, if you have the opportunity to play up, it's definitely a great look, especially because you're, you're just challenging yourself to new levels because at the end of the day, you want to play up to where you're learning from other players. You know, you never want to downplay because then you're going to end up hurting yourself. You know, don't hold back, but always like, always have an idea that you want to push yourself forward. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, age, age doesn't put a, you know, a, a number on it per se, but especially when we're kids, right. It's, oh my gosh, they're so much older. Like we're, we're so quick to give credit and take it away from ourselves because of our age. Right. right. So that's a great point. You make sure that you're pushing yourselves not only to play up, but you don't be scared when it comes to facing anybody from, exactly. you know, Garrett Cole, when you're in the batter's box or Aaron judge, when you're on the mound, right? Like you think that you go out there and you get anybody out anytime we throw. Right. Cause you're at the end of the day, your mind will give up before your body does. You know, I tell, I tell that to my, to my, my teammates every day, especially when like in the weight room, like we get after it. And there's this guy, uh, Jacob Heatherly, he's from Alabama. He's a, he's a diehard, diehard fan. But he, uh, he he roll roll tide, <laughs> big roll tide. Um, and me and him deadlift, you know, we'll we'll go we'll go pretty heavy, you know, four seventy five, you know, just try to get it out there. And whenever he fails, he he always it's it's always his mind before his body, you know. He always, and then I always tell him like, bro, like you you had another set in you, you had an extra rep in you, you know, always get it. And you, I would rather see failure pushing yourself than failure because you don't think you could do it mentally, you know. Um, but back to back to thirteen, fourteen. Um, so basically, I was playing that show shown, and I was playing for North Buffalo. Then um, I ended up trying out for the Buffalo Wings, and I played travel ball for them, I believe, when I was fourteen. And then I was supposed to play for 15U, right? So I ended up meeting um, LG's dad, my stepdad. And he ended up um, doing like a little open trial for me because, you know, 
I just, I was pretty much like a wild thing. I could go hard, but had no clue where I was going. Right. So and, you said this is, this is 14, right? So like yeah. from, from my memory, um, just knowing you, right. We're f- just, so everybody's aware of the, the physical portions of this at home. We're 14. I believe we can dunk a basketball. Yeah. <laughs> we throw, we throw about 83 to 85. Is that right? At 14, 80, 82, maybe. I would say, I would say, Freshman year, I think I topped out 83 in a in a PBR. And I, okay, I, so so just there is, you know, there is when Jose gets his gets his clutches on this this young cat, <laughs> right? Like he's got something to something to work with. He's downplaying right. it a little bit here. <laughs> but yeah, um, I ended up throwing uh, 83 in the PBR, and then. Um, and then I did I did another PBR, I want to say the following year in Amsterdam, New York. And what were I you feel, what were you doing in Amsterdam, New York? Did you go solely for the PBR event? Solely for the PBR, right? And I I arrived really early because I, I didn't I didn't, you know, I was I was worried about um being late. That's a that's a big part, especially in life. Um I'd rather be two hours early than be three minutes late at all. Like if you're late, you're, yeah, it's not a good look, especially as a person. Well, and, and listen, I, uh, you know, you're supposed to be on the bus at two o'clock. We don't wait for you. Right. Like right. The, that's, that is what it ends up being is that like you live a very structured day yeah. and it's not that you know what you're doing in five days but you know exactly what you're doing tomorrow <laughs> before you, before you go home. Yeah. Right? Before you arrive. Yeah, of course. Um, so during Amsterdam, New York PBR, um, that day I did not prep my body for it. I mean, cause like, I, like cold, cold outside. It was cold outside. And I, um, I ate about, I think, minimum like seven slices of pizza because yeah i was it was it was a bad it was a bad day for me um hey gators eat what they want bro <laughs> you're right about that but um uh, i ended up um not warming up properly to where i just i don't even remember me warming up honestly and the only thing i really remember was me getting on a mound to a warm-up before i went into the pbr and I was throwing a change up and I felt a pop. And I feel like that was a was a big impact on me. Cause I remember that PBR, I went to my mom and I told her about the pop in my arm. Cause I, I couldn't throw a ball after that. Did and, you uh, real quick, did you now pop? We pull ourselves out of it or we just keep keep going through until we were done. I pulled myself because I, I just I just knew that me pushing myself at that point was not going to be good for my future, especially if I wanted to, you know, have a career in it. Um. So basically, I went to my mom and I told her, and she was like, "Did you warm up?" And I'm like, "Oh." So I just remember my mom telling me, "Well, we're here, but if you if you don't think you can do it, don't do it." Um, I would just suggest you go warm up now, you know? So I, I ended up doing around four or five laps, just bawling my eyes out crying because my arm wasn't feeling the best. But um, we ended up driving home from the PBR before it was even over. And I want to say during that time, I was I was about, I want to say like 5'10", like 2'15", I want to say. Uh, but I was I was a little chubby kid, honestly. You definitely see it in the cheeks if you look back to it. Well, hey, so I mean, five ten to fifteen at fifteen years old yeah. does not look like Zeus, probably. <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. You could definitely see I was like a little chipmunk in the cheeks. I mean, I still got a little bit. <laughs> but um, so after that PBR, I went to Ray B- uh, Bellion. Um, he works at uh, SPP at the time. 
And basically he was like my rehab coach to where like he just kind of like in the sense of taught me how to properly throw in a sense of the proper technique to where you need to do J bands to where if you need to do an extra exercise with a weight of balls, you do it, do whatever you can. Cause at the end of the day, you want to be loose. And like, honestly, even yesterday, um, I took, I took very excessive time to get my body prepared and loose as much as possible. And, you know, I, f I felt phenomenal. I mean, the 97 felt way easier than throwing 93, which was really, really surprising, especially the way that, I mean, the feedback I got from it. But with Ray, he he took his time to show me like, hey, like you do not do not start throwing like you're you're on the race car because you're not your arm is not a race car. It is you got to build it up like you're like the way you run. You're not going to just, you know, just get out there and freaking sprint. No, you're going to probably do some some ankle cars, you know, get the get the hips moving, get the ankles moving, get the knees. So like you just want to slowly build up. And so like now I even talk to guys here, like even this week I was talking to guys and I was just asking for like a little feedback because when I arrived, it felt, I felt more freely to throw, but then I would lift the house in the weight room to where I just didn't feel as mobile as I wish I, wish I would have felt, especially like early I was feeling really mobile. And then like, now I'm just like, kind of like tying up. And they're like, hey, like, what, like, what are you doing for your throwing progressions? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of throwing on a line going out. And they're like, yeah, you, you gotta cut that out because at the end of the day, like, you wanna, you wanna arc it to like say like there, there's a wall or a mountain behind you or in front of you. You wanna kind of like throw over that mountain to where it'll just be effortless. You could, you could throw on a line when they're coming back in, but going out you do not want to throw on a line because that's just going to kill your arm at the end of the day you know i like the what you said ray kind of explained it as it's not a race car right right it is not a zero to 60 as much as this is hey man we're driving from boston to los angeles and in, in mm -hmm. as far as getting warmed up goes right so right. um on the way back right you're like hey we're gonna be serious about it Go see Ray, learn how to properly throw, keep playing for Jose. We meet our good buddy, Charlie Karstead, um, right. pretty, pretty soon thereafter, right? Go ahead and walk yeah. me through that and headed, um, in towards the, uh, the draft, I guess, right. As we, as we're kind of yeah. headed through high school college, um, recruiting process along the way as well on the way to the draft. What, what, you know, what were those college options looking like? Um, so after, so when, when I went to Charlie, it was actually due to some extra rehab on my arm, um, just because I needed to find a summer ball team, but also like, it was just mainly just to get my arm back to being healthy. Real quick, that, that necessity for summer ball team, LG is a year older and you were right. playing with their age group. I'm so group. all the way back to that point of, from when you were the youngest level at show shown. Yeah, all LG. the way up to there. You were you played up until you leveled out. Yeah. So when I was 15, I was playing on 17U, and then LG was 16 playing on a 17U team. Right. And LG, I mean, he was like, he was like when I seen him pitch, because I mean he's even though he's an outfielder, but when I seen him pitch for like the first time, I was speechless. Like I was like, <laughs> I got those fumes. Like I'll try to, I'll try to, I'm trying to get like that. And like uh, you, so, so how, whatever you were, 5'10", 215, right? Yeah. LG's kind of the opposite of that, where he's got some of that rock yeah, look to him in high there. school. <laughs> and how different, you know, how different was it for him, right? The the wide receiver yeah. job to Oklahoma, you mm -hmm. know, the the big time spot. Like he, you know, I don't know what he had figured out or if Miguel just passed breed. it on down yeah. the line. But uh, yeah. he, I mean, he has always been pretty, pretty damn strong. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Yeah, he he's an ox for sure. Um, I, I I mean, I even at your facility, I mean, I love throwing against him too because it, it was just like um, it always felt like I was playing up because like at the end of the day, I wanted to strike him out so bad, especially on the fastball. That, that was, he's uh, he's he's one of those guys you you really want to get right. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I think I think actually um, when I threw at your facility, uh, I ended up throwing the PR at your facility with him at the facility at the same time because I think he wanted to step in, and I think I I think I hit ninety six at the time. Yeah, it was we have a we have a ninety seven three on the on the rap soto for yeah. you. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know the date, but um, it, it's more likely that LG was in the building when that definitely. happened because yeah. he was definitely there for the uh, the hundred and twelve exit velo PR that you had as well. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was a rare occasion right there. I mean, I don't know if I can swing it like that anymore. You know. <laughs> That's back in the the good old days. So, the good old um, days, so yeah. yeah, we go we go to see Charlie out of just more rehab on her arm. Need a summer right. team, and where do we go from there? So basically, um, I did that. So my after my freshman year um, with Mavericks, uh, he told me that I need to go find a baseball team because the school I went to was Tapestry, and they didn't have a baseball team. Only in middle school, um, they had no high school baseball team. So I ended up transferring over to McKinley. And I will say um, the level of experience was completely different from, because on Charlie's team, um, most guys were like private school guys. So like they're very competitive in a different aspect of like, they are more involved into their career possibility, you know, especially like after, after high school, they, you know, they want to go straight to college ball and everything. And I didn't really have um, a plan in a sense. I mean, I always wanted to I always tell myself that I wanted to go professional in the sport, but I didn't want to be sitting behind a desk. <laughs> it's more like in a cube, in a cube area in an office. Um, so basically Sophomore you're, year. You're, you're a big guy, claustrophobic of uh, yeah. the cube areas. Yeah. Yeah. My mom always told me, like, hey, you're you're way too big to not be a professional in something, you know, especially like just genetically use your body as 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 you can, you know. Um hey, and and I think good perspective you said, right? Like all the way back to the beginning, where you learn your body is your number one thing that you say you would say to other athletes in this day and age, right? You might've been given some body. We've learned our body along the way. And that's what keeps you, keeps you at a level like this. Right. Right. Yeah. Especially because, I mean, if you have the mobility, I mean, it, it's half the job right there, you know, because I mean, you could, you could learn your strength, but when you, when you have the mobility, that's what keeps you healthy. Yeah. And uh, I, I talked to in our, our first episode of the season, I talked to uh, Griffin Conine. His dad was a, a 14 year big leaguer, um, you know, all sorts of accolades as a dad. And he like, he went to like, he fully revamped this off season. Um, you know, some of his, his strength stuff because of how important mobility became to him. And he went to hit with teacher man side note, actually funny because of Bubba Hollins. I don't know if you ever ran across Bubba Hollins down at uh, Charlie's facility. (laughs) He was a teammate of Griffin's in Pensacola, Florida last year. And he was the one who called him up after the season. And he was like, he's like, Bubba calls me and he's like, you've got to get to St. Louis now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I will say like, even down here, like the baseball is completely different than, than back home facilities, um, the opportunities, I mean, it's just way different. Especially like, so like after, I would say after sophomore going to a junior year, um, I'm just trying to take baseball more serious. Um, just trying to stay healthy in the sense of arm care, um, prep work, even even like eating, nutrition and everything. Um, that That is a big part, especially like, on the way your body moves, especially the output, like the energy you've, I mean, the energy you cause your body is just crazy. Cause like at the end of the day, you're going to be need to be able to recover. And if you can't recover, then you're basically a couch potato, you know, you got to take that time to actually recover. And not everybody is the same, you know, the same body, you know, not everybody has the same, nutrition or same like for me like 
my first year of pro ball, like it was, I was eating everything. Like I used to make fried Oreos. I used to, I used to eat bad. Um, and I will say over the years, you know, talking to my, my nutritionist and everything, I've learned way more than I ever thought I could. I mean, cause I've seen like day to day, week to week, how my body acts and like how I play in the field is a, is a big part on what I eat. You know, if you, if you feel happy. Access to data. Yeah. Right. Access to data provides habits, right? right? You access to data today, tomorrow, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Yeah. Fuck. Like I, I can't do, I can't eat like that. Right. Those right. days that I drink my whoop score is two and yeah. like, I play bad. Right. And I can't afford to have days where I show up and I'm worse than I can be. Mm-hmm. It's in our control, nutrition, right. sleep, right? What we take in, in a social media and consumption aspect, as far as, are we learning stuff about baseball? Are we interested in bettering our body, our mind, or are we, you know, scrolling through, you know, car crash videos on, on TikTok, right? Like it matters what we take in. Mm-hmm. And so being at this level now, right, you've just met so many people who take all of it serious, all right. aspects of it serious. Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps them there. Exactly. Like, Yo, I'm behind enough right now. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't eat six double cheeseburgers and, and ruin the whole day. Right. Like I want to yeah. have, I want to have bottle service at, at the, the club too. Right. But like, I like, I got a pitch in two days and today matters in, in two days. Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, bring, you know, bring all of that full circle. So when we touched base on, you know, the, the travel ball aspect of it, and we're kind of in, into you kind of going into your junior senior year now, right. Where we're playing travel baseball, you said, you know, the, the guys that you were around were much more serious about baseball. Right. And they, you know, were at baseball a lot more. So give me a little bit more about how, you know, did that open our eyes to, to some things outside of just like that? Hey, they have more chances to play in college. Right. So, um, it was crazy because when I was in high school, um, I didn't start working out until I met Charlie, actually. Um, even even when I was in a weight room, like, I really didn't take it serious. I didn't really have a good understanding of what it meant, you know? Um, and, e- like, even now, like, I work out four or five times a week. Um, and two, two of those times of the week is mobility. Um and I would say that when you're when it was more like private guys understood the meaning of working out, you know, what you're getting out of it. And for me, like I just I just never thought of it as like a a root in baseball, you know. Um, I didn't really have a good understanding of like why guys were really like doing those exercises and like why are they doing that form like you know, form is a big part, especially when you're lifting weights or doing anything, you know. Um, and the, say, the, the age that we're talking about, right? It's yeah. easy to, without supervision, you know, try to, all right, all right. Oh, man, I'm awesome. I did 245, you know, four times and you guys can't do that much, right? So it's real right. easy to kind of almost get peer pressured into like poor form. Mm-hmm. injury right um so like over stressing like hey like let's not even use a bar and like do this so that we know you can get there right is even more important for guys at the big league level right than than squatting 600 pounds exactly and i, I will say like if you have a trainer like take that investment in yourself to invest in them 
so that you are, you know, you're in a good position. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to be able to like, okay, yeah, you're going to be sore, but you don't want to hurt yourself lifting some, some weight that you have no idea what you're doing. You know, because not all exercises are good for baseball players. Not all exercises are good for football players. You just got to like learn like your position and what do you need to get out of it? Like, do you need to move it fast? Do you need to move it slow? Is it is eccentric? Is it a deload week? You know, you just have need to have an understanding of like what you're doing day to day and what you're going to do for that week or the next week or the next week. Like, are you, are you just want to be like stable to where like you're able to do that way all the time? Or do you want to build up to like where you were bulking or you're cutting or, you know, whatever your body needs at that time? Absolutely. And even more important, right? What our sport needs from our body at that time, throwing right. a baseball is probably one of the worst motions for the, the human body on the, the face of the earth. Well, let's right. mate, let's, let's send our starters out there in the opening weekend of college baseball right now to do that a hundred times, right. Yeah. On February 17th. Friday yeah. night, right? We had a, we had guys, <laughs> multiple guys go over 90 pitches, right? And you're like, like, there's no way. Once again, we're back to like data gives us information about that is not what we're supposed to do. Like, that's right. not good. Right. So like yeah. the, like it gives you information. You can't tell us, you don't know that that's not where they're supposed to be. Or if they are there that like, we're not going to be there for the extent of the season in a spot like that, there's no building on that. Right. And like sustaining that you better, you better be something real special and you better have real good routine built in off of the mound to make sure that you can sustain things like that. So, right. um, you know, we're a senior, we're cruising through, through that year, you go to the fall, you go to the winter, are we looking at colleges? Do we know what we're doing? And have we gotten any pro interest as a, a senior in high school up to like Christmas break when we're a senior? Right. So um, after, after basketball, you know, I played a little basketball in high school. Um, I went straight to baseball, but during that time of me playing basketball, I wasn't taking baseball serious. I wasn't taking the time I need to in the weight room or even like even in the bullpens to actually like even throw. Um, I ended up coming back throwing 87 um, after basketball season. But I will say that I was too muscular. Like I was way too tight. Like I didn't have the mobility I needed to do baseball. Um, and I ended up having to spend a lot of time just trying to stretch properly just to get the elastic I needed to throw a baseball. It and I don't think a lot of young guys understand that they can do so much damage so quickly in the weight room by having improper form. Right. And then you have, right, by the time you realize it, you have so much undoing to do to get back to a mobile standpoint or even just a neutral standpoint where you were as good as you used to be. Like that strength can harm you so bad, right? Was that just unsupervised lifting that turned you kind of tight or what, how did we get there over just the course of, you know, not, not a very long season. That's probably like three or four months. The basketball is. Yeah. I was mainly just working to look good. And that that's what hurt me. I just, I like, I like the looks I was getting from other people, but the profession I wanted to go to, like the route I wanted to go to was not in the basketball category. It was the baseball category. Even even now, like I people still think either I'm a football player or a basketball player by the, the look of my build. But if I'm able to look that way, but also have the mobility, you know, kudos to me, I guess. But uh it's definitely hard to have both sides of it. Cause listen, man, like we you know, we we show videos all the time to kids in the facility, like man, I gotta get so you know, I gotta get so big that you know, so I could throw a hundred and we have two great examples of it. And there are two different videos of Aroldis Chapman, right? Similar. I don't call him similar in stature to you, but I think it's yeah. five, 250 or so, right? We're right. probably similar to around there, right? 
in the video, right? I don't think I can uh, get the angle too good here, folks, but he, without manual therapy, can touch his elbows behind his back, right? That's my hands right at my shoulders, right? And him touching his elbows together behind his back without anybody pushing on him at all, right? He can do the same thing in an L shape at 90 degrees, he can get his, he can get his elbows together behind his back and then he can cross his elbows here and he can put his hands together under his elbows like that. Right. So, yeah. well, of course he throws 103, he's six, four and he's two fifty. He's a giant. Of course. That's just all you got to do to throw hard. Like, you know how many, like that's probably 10 to 12 hours a week of manual therapy that he gets put through in mm -hmm. order to get to those positions. Well, why do we have to get to those positions, Alexander, the Gator Johnson, right? Because our profession is to throw baseballs as hard as possible and then be able to do it a few days later. Right. right? Yeah. And the second example of that goes through the exact same uh, sequence of mobility stuff with his shoulders. It's Shohei Otani, who's once again, 6'4", 6'5", 235, 2'4", like two of these upper level weight guys who are tall, very strong, can also get to a position that, you know, we, we got five-year-olds who can't get to that position in their mobility, right? So right. <laughs> um, lots that go into, of course, genetically being able to, at least have the capacity to one grow to that size to keep that range of motion through your muscles, but even more so the quality of exercises that you do and the selection of exercises while you're going through your program, help you maintain that. Cause it'd be real easy to get a little too chesty and one, not be able to get your elbows together behind you, but two, not even get them too far past your shoulders. Right. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Um, so, uh, professional contact now, right? So you you get done with basketball season. You're sitting 87. You're probably a little pissed, right? You're like, hey, like I really, really got to get back out there. Do we have anybody on our tail, so to speak, already at, at that point? Um, I ended up doing a uh, a video um few well, it's a few years ago now. But um, I did I did a video of me throwing um, a bullpen. Uh, I was throwing I think like eighty seven to eighty eight eighty nine, and it ended up blowing up to getting like around like forty thousand views on on Twitter. And from that video, I got a lot of feedback from um, you know professional professional scouts, um, Texas Rangers, Oakland A's. They even came to see me in a game um, thrown at the Bison Stadium. Was that uh? Matt Higginson from right across the border. Yeah. Yeah. It was him. Yeah. World's greatest. Sorry to all my other scout friends out there. World's greatest area scout that has ever existed. Unbelievable dude. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a great guy. Um, and that, that day I was, I was so nervous. Man. <laughs> I was doing stretches that I didn't even know what I was doing, but I just knew that like, if I could get into a flexible, flexible position to where like my body just feels free. That's the best position I can put myself into. Um, I spent a lot of, especially a lot of work, just stretching. I probably spent 30 minutes of just mobility, just trying to get my body loose. Um, is I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who just get up and throw. I'm definitely not one of those guys. There's, there's a few of them, but I definitely have learned that I'm genetically already tight. So there's no way for me to ever be not, you know, not a stretch guy. Um, so after, after I threw, um, I didn't. So when I got drafted, right, most guys get a call, right? You know, saying, congrats, you got drafted. I didn't get a call. <laughs> um, what ended up happening was, um, kind of went under the books in a sense, like guys would send me tweets about, hey, congrats on getting drafted, but I have no clue that I got drafted. And at the time I was not committed to anything.
college. So when I got drafted, I was a I was basically a normal person out of high school. I wasn't a committed to any D1, no JUCO team, nothing. And after the draft, after the draft happened, right? And I called my coach, Charlie, and I asked him, hey, like, have you heard anything back from the teams or scouts or anything? And they're like, no, Alex, like just, you know, plan on um, going JUCO probably, you know, and try to get picked next year. And, you know, we're still going to work at it. Um, so, so at that we, time, we had, we had some options kind of rolling right, around yeah, in the background, just didn't, I wasn't, didn't need any, didn't need anything set in stone yet. Exactly. Um, I ended up, um, going and going, going to work out. And that's when the Buffalo news called me and said, Hey, congrats on getting drafted. How do you feel? But they wanted to do an interview beforehand, you know, to get my reaction about me getting drafted. <laughs> Um, the only thing that was holding me back from doing the interview before the, the draft went off was I didn't want to be there and my name did not get called. That was, that was, that was just a big fear of mine. You know, um, I mean, I knew there was a possibility, but I just didn't. The chances of it happening is very, very slim. So I wasn't, I didn't want, you know, my feelings to get hurt. And then even though they did a little bit, but then when I got the call, <laughs> I definitely felt way better, um, but I didn't. I wasn't able to travel out to Arizona to sign my contract until I want to say twenty four days after the draft. Um, so the draft was on the third of June, and I didn't graduate high school until the twenty sixth. So the twenty seventh, I was flying out at six a.m. to go sign my contract to Arizona. And that's when so we walked across the stage, kind of yep. got jogging across the stage, and we were like, "Hey, I got a play to catch. Love yeah. y'all. See ya. I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to the Reds." Yeah, and that's definitely the the most amazing thing that happened to me. So what? Well, let's let's go back for a second, right? Yeah. The Buffalo News calls us to tell us that we got drafted. Who did we have contact with from the Reds before that, leading up to the day even? Um, do you remember the scouts who came to see you, any of the coaches? Like, how yeah. does this go so under the radar here? <laughs> so basically, uh, I went to a – I got an inv- – well, Charlie got me an invitation like two days before the pre-draft workout for the Reds. Um, and so I had to drive – to Ohio, but it was more like Kentucky. It's, it's kind of like on the on the border part. Oh yeah, yeah, it's pretty deep. Um, went there, and the day I was supposed to throw was it was just pouring down, just pouring down, and we ended up having to throw inside. But then I I quickly learned that I was the only high school guy there, the only high school pitcher in a sense. Okay. Um. And I ended up, I think, topping out 92 and 93, just like a, a PR for me, really. And I was like, yeah, like, there's no way. Because guys there were throwing 96, 97, 98, and they're, they're college guys. I'm like, dude, like, I have I have no position, no clue where I'm, what, what I'm doing here. There's there's no way I'm getting drafted. So that the the draft workout, as the only high school pitcher there makes us feel more out of place yeah. because all these, all these guys feel you feel like, Holy hell, this is such another level that, that I'm not on. Yeah. And I was, I was, just, I was, you know, I was in, in awe just seeing the stadium. Like that was my first professional stadium I ever walked in except for the Bisons, you know? And it was definitely like, like got like there's so many seats, so many it's just crazy. And the they way are, they, they are cathedrals, man, right? They are yeah. cathedrals, those big league ballparks. So that is that is if if it's your first one, especially walking on the field or up the dugout up the tunnel, yeah. it is uh it's something that you can't recreate ever again in your life. Yeah, definitely definitely eye opener. Definitely miss it. So um, we're all the way back, like we said now, right? Um, Take me through. We're going live again next Saturday, right? Next 
Right, right. And um, you know, what's the the plan from there? Everybody's probably starting to roll back to spring training here in the next couple yeah. of weeks. And uh right you know, what's what's camp. the what's the next uh month or so kind of kind of look like in, in our world? Um, so early camp is right now. Um, I think I think around like March first, I think that's when like mostly like everybody's basically in. Um and hopefully after my first live, I think I'll throw two, two or three more lives after that, and then back right into games, honestly. And mo probably most of them would be like, you know, inner squad games, you know, against our own players and everything. But I'm just, I'm ready to get some punch, some punch tickets and throw as hard as I can, really, you know, just get some looks. Absolutely, man. I mean, like it's you, you ready to play, right? Like it's, it's time to get back. And this yeah. is this is what we this is what we're in it for is to go out there and com yeah. compete our compete our tail off against these guys, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So um other guys who are down there with you right now, is everybody in kind of the early group? Are they all rehab guys? Is it guys, you know, with different stuff going on? Um, and like how, you know, how, what does a, a normal day look like for, you know, you showing up to the field, walk us through whether we're eating there, hot tub, cold tub, like a whole day on like a, uh, you know, a normal bullpen day or a normal yeah. recovery day even. So I, I would say on a, on a bullpen day, um, most guys, so breakfast is served from, I believe 7am to nine, right? Um, I don't have to be there for rehab until 10, 10 a.m. So I that's when the training room opens. So basically I go, I arrive around like, I want to say 8.30. I eat breakfast. Um, I let that set for a little bit. Then um, I hit the hot tub before like five, seven minutes in the hot tub. Just, you know, let the body relax a little bit. Um then after hot tub, I shower, I go to the training room. Um, normally every day is mobility. Um, so basically I do a TRX, you know, do some lat stretches, do some T-spine mobility. Um, I also roll out. Um, so after I do that, I hit a little five minute bike just to get the, you know, the body moving a little bit. Arms and legs or spin bike? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, it depends on how my body's feeling. You know, if it's feeling tight, I'll just do the whole body. Um, especially on the air dime, that that's what kicks my butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after I do that, I do some some more T spine mobility, just because I mean, I just want to be a, as flexible as possible. So after that, I um, I believe. I believe I go in the training room. I get an arm stretch. And the arm stretch, I mean, it, it's probably not the most comfortable stretch ever, you know. <laughs> but it's definitely, definitely needed for the arm, I would say. Kind of forced into some positions. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, just kind of get some extra mobility, some extra, you know, angles and then degrees. But um, basically... Um, and sometimes lives go go on. So like I believe it was yesterday, um, Hunter Green threw, and so so did a, a few of the forty man roster guys throw. And just watching them, you you just like you're just kind of like in awe because like those guys are just throwing fuel like. And it's yeah, crazy. I mean, you it you throw you throw some fuel, but yeah, Hunter Green, <laughs> um, Hunter Green, it it sounds a little bit different, right? way different it's just he's wild right man right. it's uh it's funny so we had um tyler smith who is an angels pitcher on um for last week's episode and he said he went he played in orem utah for short season a his first year and they traveled to billings montana oh, where yeah. hunter green is sitting a hundred to a hundred and three and they've got a stadium full of people waiting in line to get his autograph. And he's like, we come home to Orem, Utah and it's, 
pretty much a dry County in Utah. There's no alcohol sales at the stadium. And we got about four fans when we get back. He's like, so there's a big difference in the home games from Hunter yeah. greens fans to, uh, to our fans. So that dude has been different since, uh, since he got in. Yeah, definitely. He's a great guy. Yeah. He, he definitely, I know you, you guys have developed a pretty good relationship, right? You and Hunter right. are pretty close. Yeah, we used to be roommates um, my first year of pro ball and when he was rehabbing his first Tommy John and everything. So we became we really close. You know, uh, he taught me a lot, a lot, a lot, like just, you know, about being a professional athlete because coming from high school, I was very immature. I wasn't as mature. Like every year I feel like I'm, I'm gaining more responsibility. So it's like I'm just trying to set myself up for the future. Cause I don't know what's in store, but I mean, I don't want to be unprepared for what happens. So basically I'm just learning how to be more professional and how to conduct business in a, in a proper manner. Yeah. Off the field. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. a lot of these guys, even, even when they retire at 35 or 40, like there's a lot of life left, man. Right. And baseball was great, but they start right. Any big leaguer starts living a life that needs to be financially upkept once that, you know, once, yeah. once the, the paychecks from the Mets are over, unless you're Bobby Bonilla, who gets a, a million dollars every, every year from the Mets for the next yeah. 20 still. Um, so I love to, you know, love to hear that out of you. Right. And, you know, full circle, I know that we touched on your dad a little bit, but right. Like, you know, it's always that, you know, kids from situations where there's lack of parent, where there's lack of guidance, where there's lack of, you know, maybe male role models, so to speak, right? Like financially we struggle a little more. Right. right. And I can, you know, I can say that, that I'm from a, you know, uh, not a, not a situation where it wasn't a father, but a, you know, a parent missing in, in a major role can play a big impact. And a lot of the time, like you have more work to do as an individual who's doing this for the first time on his own with, you know, Hey, you might've gone from immature, like, ah, no one knows what they're talking. You meet a Hunter green, you hear about him, right. And what he's going through and his situation that he comes from. And he's like, just like what you started with, right? Like I want to bring those people with me along for the ride. Right. He grabs right. a hold of you, your first year in pro ball. And he's like, listen, you son of a gun, right? Like, you're not going to act like this one and two, what the F are you going to do after baseball? And you hear that dude who's as good as he is planning for after baseball. And you're like, yo, what yeah. am I going to do after baseball? Right? So right. that's, you know, he's a good influence. Um, you know, along the way you meet those, those kind of characters. Right. Right. And now we're in a role where you're like, Hey, young Latin American guy is 17 years old, right? Like wearing your, your studded, you know, uh, sequin, sequin shirts into the, the building every day with your sunglasses on and bumping yourself. Like you're getting, you're getting bad looks from some of the, some of the people who are here, right? Like yeah. you can be yourself and that's totally fine. We want you to be like that. But when you walk in the doors at work, you're expected to act a certain level of professional. And exactly. that's the guys who serve you breakfast all the way up to your, your GM. Right. Yeah. So, um, last thing, dude, we're going to go, uh, some rapid fire questions. If you can turn your brain on real quick, just to, uh, yeah, to get <laughs> it ready. You're going to, uh, we're going to touch base on probably like five, five different things. Right. So, um, we show up to the field and they're like, Alex Johnson, today is uh, your special day. You get to pick whatever you want to eat best meal that we're going to if we get to pick a meal chicken parmesan awesome awesome and is that like certain restaurant out in arizona is that can be from anywhere you just eat olive tons garden of you know olive garden that's probably my my spot right there yeah so we're going <laughs> olive olive garden chicken parmesan that's that's what we like to hear um so your girlfriend's coming home sometime soon and you're like hey we're gonna throw on a a movie right now if we we're gonna throw a movie on right now what's the best one you've watched recently uh, it's kind of funny because she never seen um Norbit and Respecia. You know, I think you know that one, right? Absolutely. I probably thought uh, just for the laugh. Yeah. I like yeah. Oh one. man, that's that is that's <laughs> hilarious, right? 
Yeah. Oh man. Um, if we're going to find you somewhere outside of, uh, outside of the baseball field, where are we going to, where are we going to find you hanging out? Oh man. Um, honestly, I don't know. That's hard. Uh, spend a lot of time at the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, probably just relaxing, honestly, probably, uh, Hot tub or something, just try and recover. Something that's what something. we like to hear. So like the body. Yeah. You like you like to hike? Have you been up Camelback yet? No, I've been to uh Devil's Bridge. That that's really nice. It's definitely scary though. Definitely high point. Dude, I'm I'm not a heights guy. Arizona Arizona will make you overcome that real quick. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So uh tomorrow we sign a uh, a 10-year $400 million contract. What's the the first purchase we're going out and making with that that new uh that new giant uh, salary? Um probably figure out a way to kick back to Buffalo. I mean, there's not a lot of resources, not enough for especially for you know, low-income families, so that's definitely a big part I want to be a part big of. Big go. Big donation to Buffalo. You're yeah. a, you're a good man. Hey, Pay the man. He's going to do good things with the money, folks. Let's go. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Last thing. We're uh, we're going to see you somewhere in uh, five years. Where are we, where are we going to see you? Definitely in the show. Don't know if it's for the Reds, but definitely for somebody. <laughs> On the mound, in the show. If you don't believe it, nobody else can believe it. All right. I got you. All right, dude. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks, Alexander Johnson, you the Gator, it. for being on the show <laughs> with us again. We appreciate you and your time. And uh, say adios to uh, mom and dad out there. We really appreciate them uh, uh, them letting you jump on, all right? Yes, sir. Or Syracuse. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Holding Down the Fort. This is Jimbo Fort reminding you to hold it down. Be on the lookout for our new merch. Anybody who has any questions for the show or for our guests on the show, please email us at holdendownthefortpod at gmail.com. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube for all the latest updates and to hold it with us. Thank you again. We look forward to having you back for the next episode.